NASM and AFA family and all of our external family who's out there. Maybe you're thinking about joining the family or you're just into health and wellness. My name is Angie Miller and this is Strong Mind, Strong Body. Today we are going to cover probably one of my favorite topics because it is talking about wellness retreats. So here's my secret. I've hosted retreats online for women, midlife and beyond. I've hosted wellness retreats called Emotional Motion for midlife and beyond women. But my goal and my bucket list item has always been to host a retreat in a faraway destination. Well, it turns out it's not just a bucket list item anymore. It is a in the making item that I'm in the midst of planning in executing. And guess what? My guest today is the person behind the scenes who is helping me execute my wellness retreat so that we can do it live and in person. We're not going to give away any details yet, but what we are going to do is share our trade secrets on how do you host a wellness retreat? Because if ever there was a time to host a wellness retreat, it's now. If ever there was a time that people are looking for getaways that are meaningful and purpose-driven, if they're looking for a place to go where they can deep dive into themselves and walk away with personal discovery, I really feel like now is the time. So again, I'm Angie Miller. Welcome to Strong Mind, Strong Body. My guest today is Lauren Hausmeier. And funny thing, can't make this up. I know Lauren because she's in my book club. And what happens in book club stays in book club. But I'm going to invite her in today because she's also, um, she works for EY and she's an assistant director of communications and Lauren side hustles to help plan wellness retreats. So come on in, Lauren, and introduce yourself. Hi, Angie. Thanks for having me. So great to be here with everyone. And I'm really excited to talk about, obviously, a big passion of mine, which is travel and wellness combined. So wellness retreats. I'm loving this topic today. All right. Well, you know, in that book club, the secret is Lauren makes these amazing goodies. So probably in the background, she's got something baking. But um, the thing is, Lauren, you know, you're super organized. You're the perfect person to plan wellness retreats. And not to mention, Lauren and I share this immense passion for travel. Um, Lauren has traveled all over. I've traveled all over. We love to talk about places we've been. And I do think that part of wanting to host a wellness retreat, I do kind of think that you have to have that passion for travel. You have to have that passion for faraway destinations. And you have to have this kind of flexibility that everything you thought to be true some of it will be, but there's also going to be a lot of unexpected. So Lauren, let's talk about kind of that first step for someone who's going to host a wellness retreat. Um, before they even think about it, what would you say your first tip would be? So I think before you even get into planning, right, you need to think, why, why do I want to host a wellness retreat? Do I want to do it? Because I've heard it's cool. It's a great way to travel for free. Um, do you want to grow your business? You know, sort of asking those questions, why do you want to do it? And I think a really big key here is also making sure that you've gone on one or more. So you have a comparison of what did, what went well and what didn't go so well. And then also, um, you know, potentially taking a retreat planning course, because as you'll hear in some of our tips today, it's a lot more work than you might expect. 
Okay. So I heard three things in there. I heard take a course, which I agree. It's funny. I had a consultation call with a gentleman last week. I guess you could call it a networking call. And he's a psychotherapist and a friend of mine, actually my coach said, Hey, I think you should talk to him. And he hosts retreats for a couple of uh, companies that offer CEUs for mental health therapists. So he's like, look, I've always wanted to host a retreat. But I don't want to do all the groundwork. And so I host this retreat for other people, but they let me bring in my IP. But I host it for therapists and I offer them CEUs. And I thought, oh, that's kind of a cool thing. But in that conversation, he mentioned that he has a friend who's taking a retreat planning course. And I said, Jonah, I didn't even know such thing existed, but to your point, and then you were the second person who said, oh, heck yes. Well, I should have known there's a course for everything, right? So um, I heard take a course. I heard go on a retreat, right? Um, and I know you and I have been there, done that. I've been on a few retreats right. and I kind of got an idea of what I liked, what I didn't like, as I'm sure you did. Absolutely. And I'm missing something. It was, uh, I think your first one was oh. just like, why do you want to do it? Right. I think you need to be really clear with yourself on why you want to do it because if you're going into it thinking, oh, it's a fun way to travel for free, you might be surprised by how much work it is. And you know what? It's not really free when you've put in a hundred hours of work. So really kind of determining what your goal is. Yeah. That's actually a really good tip because it's so true. Cause some people might go in and say, you know what? I could take this retreat, but I'm also going to make a big old profit. And so basically everyone's going to pay for my way. But I think you and I both know, and even in planning this one, that it just is not guaranteed that it's going to go that way the first time. So get clear on your why, take a course and go on a retreat or two or three to make sure that you know what works and what didn't work. I went on a treat, retreat in Colorado and I don't want to say the place, but it was bare bones. Um, you know, I didn't choose a silent retreat because I was like, oh, heck no, I'm not going to pay all this money to not be able to talk the whole week. <laughs> that would be right that's not good for me. But, um, but it was bare bones. It was like living in, in kind of, um, barracks. I mean, it was like shared bathroom, that type of thing. So people have to know what they're, what they're going for. So once you are clear on those three things, Lauren, once you've really gotten clear in your why, consider taking a course, you've gone on a couple of retreats. What do you think then? What would you, what was your first step in, in your side hustle business on planning a retreat? Yeah. So I would say the first step, once you've defined all those things is having a clear idea about what your treat is going to be about. What are you going to be offering um, to your ideal, um, you know, candidates and, and who are you targeting? Because you really need to know very clearly um, who is going to be the perfect fit for what you're offering and not just try to cast a really wide net in the hopes of making bigger profit, because if it's not a good fit, the group won't have, you know, the fantastic time that you really want them to have. So I think that's really, really important in the, as a first step. Uh, you know, it's funny, Lauren and I were talking on the phone last night, we were talking about kind of an application process. And I said, I wanted people to apply. And the reason why I want that is because again, to Lauren's point, I want to be very clear. And I want everyone, it's like when I taught university students, and I wrote a very, very, very concise syllabus, it's like, this is what the course is, this is the description, these are, this is what you're going to get out of it. 
That's kind of how I want to run my retreat. I don't want anyone to have any surprises and I don't want them to get there and say, oh, you didn't tell me that the rooms were going to look like barracks versus a bougie resort with an infinity pool. So I think there needs to be an application process. And I think that would help to your point of making sure that you know who's coming and if they're a good fit. And then also like, um, what's it actually about? You know, are you doing right. yoga all week? Are they good movement people? And and do you, as the host, what are you teaching? Do you have a, you know, do you have presentations? Do you have everything already worked out? Because if not, you need to really figure that out. How are you going to be teaching these classes or um, delivering on what you're promising? Uh, I know, Angie, for you, you already have your course worked out, right? Because you've done it online, yeah. but a lot of people don't have that yet. So really getting that smoothed out before you even start to think about marketing. Yeah, 100%. Because if you start marketing, you have to know what you're marketing, you have to know what you're selling and really be clear on what what are your deliverables. And it is a good idea to get all that written out. For me, it took it took well over a year to plan my virtual retreat and to make sure that I had all the content. And I still have another goal to put all of that into a book form before I actually host live so that everybody has a book that they fill in as the week goes on. Mm -hmm. So I like that. Have a clear idea about what the retreat's about and, and who are you actually targeting? Because I like your point, Lauren, that you, you don't just want everybody who's willing to pay because everybody who's willing to pay may not be the best fit, right? So exactly. um, if I'm doing yoga all week and somebody's not a very, you know, agile mover, even if they can pay to attend, is that going to be the retreat for them? So exactly. So what's your second step? Because you are the guru of organization. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is true. And just for everybody out there, I, uh, the first big retreat I planned was one to Bali, um, which I had never been to before. Um, and let me tell you, it was a lot of work, um, and a lot of details that you, you have to make sure are lined up. Um, so the second point I'd say is to be realistic about the network you currently have and develop it if you need to, because if you don't already have a really large network, your chance of filling out your retreat to whatever that number is that you want is probably pretty low because for everybody you tell about it who says, oh, I'd love to go on a retreat with you. Let me know when that happens. I guarantee you only 10 to 20% of those people will actually follow through when it comes to, you know, coughing up the, the money it takes to attend one of these retreats. Mm. Reminds me of book club. <laughs> <laughs> how many women are signed up and how many women show up every week um, or every month? But it is true because when I plan my virtual one, I have so many subscribers. And when it came down to paying money and getting signed up, and and I had people who paid and didn't show up, which I found shocking. I didn't even know something like that would happen. Um, and of course, I said, you know, take it another time. Like, I'm not going to just take your money. That was never my goal. My goal is to be intentional and for you to walk away with takeaways. But I do agree. You have to have a pretty big network. And if you don't, you better have somebody like Lauren, who's really good at marketing so that you can cast your net really wide and get the people that you want to get. And that's where I think social media is, is genius. If only I was good at it. <laughs> so, um, 
So yes, social media is genius. And I think social media is a good avenue. What do you think about marketing on social media, Lauren? I totally agree. Um, although I'll say, you know, the downside is, of course, everything, you know, if you're paying to advertise, you're going to see more, um, you know, more people who are going to see that, right? So, so that's a good thing, but it's also going to cost you more, right? And if you're just posting on your own personal page, and you don't have 100,000 followers, you know, you kind of have to look at, at that at the cost benefit analysis there, do you want to pay for your page to be to come up first on Google when somebody types in wellness retreat, because if you just develop a beautiful web page, but don't, nobody will probably find it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so true. Because I actually hired somebody to help me with my marketing and advertising when I did my virtual one. And I put a boatload of money into marketing and advertising. And in truth, in truth, the people who ended up signing up were the people who were already following me anyway. And so it's kind of, you just have to, I'm not sure. I don't know that anybody really knows the magic. If they did, we would all be experts at social media. Um, but Lauren, I want to introduce, reintroduce you. So I'm talking to Lauren Hausmeyer and she is, um, she works for EY. She's assistant director of communication. She's all things organized really. And so Lauren is, my name is Angie Miller and I am the host of strong mind, strong body. And Lauren's actually here because she's helping me host my first wellness retreat because Lauren has a side hustle. Don't tell anyone on hosting wellness retreats. Um, so that has to do with Lauren's, I think, background in journalism and communication, but also just that she loves to organize, which many of us do not. Um, so, okay, Lauren, so you say be realistic about your market. And I agree because probably only 10 to 20% who follow you are actually going to follow through and sign up. What would you say would be another tip then? If you, you know, you kind of know who your market is, you've cast your net, you've reached out to them. Now what? Yeah. So you, you have the followers, you, you feel certain you're going to get the ideal number of people to sign up. So now before you put together a page or anything like that, you need to do the research. And this is where you're going to put in a lot of hours. So you have a couple options. You could um, contract a retreat center where they kind of do it all for you. The price is all inclusive for the food, you know, yoga classes, for example, the, you know, actual stay. And then you could just do a few classes on top of that, right? So let's say that cost is $3,000 a person. You tack on a little bit to each person as your profit and you market it that way. But if you want to get bigger profit margins, then you have to start from the ground up. And that's where you're talking, you know, retreat planning is... Um, can be a full-time job. So you really need to be realistic about your time, but um, you have to start planning. So you have to figure out where's, where's the best location for my, for my target audience? Uh, where are they coming from? If they're all coming from the Southeast, do you really want to host a retreat in Italy for your first time or somewhere in the Southeast? That's really beautiful but you can make, check out in person I think that's really key is if you can go in person and check out the property and try to make some deals with the manager you could potentially get your room comped if you have enough you know potential guests and you can talk to them what, what kind of discount can you give me if I have five rooms what if I have 10 rooms what if I have 15 rooms so it's and it's obviously not just one property you need to do this for a lot of different ones to see what your best bet is going to be for your best profit margin. So that kind of planning. And then of course, on top of just finding out where to stay, you need to figure out 
What are people going to eat? What meals are you going to cover? What activities are you going to do? How much are they going to cost? And, you know, contact them. And it's a lot of what if conversations with business owners, you know, travel guides, whatever. What if I have this group number? What if I have this group number? So you sort of have to plan a lot of different scenarios and then, you know, be able to create your budget from there. Mm, yeah, that's important. You're right. It is. You're right. In in some ways, it's easier just to uh, pick like an already existing resort destination. Like I, you know, we live in North Carolina. Lauren and I live in Charlotte, and there's the Blue Ridge Mountains are nearby. So are the Smoky Mountains. There's already resort destinations. There's a big one up in Boone, and um, and so there's already resort destinations where you can go to them and say, "Hey, I'm going to host," and then some of that is already taken care of. But to Lauren's point it decreases your profit margin. But if you start from the ground up and you build, then you have the opportunity to have a higher profit margin, but you better have somebody who's willing to negotiate and can do a lot of legwork and contacting all these different places. Because like you said, Lauren, it's what if, what if I have 10 people? What if I have five rooms? And so one place might give you a better deal if you do five rooms, but another place might give you that same deal if you only have three, right? So um, it exactly. just, it's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of leg room, a lot of leg work behind the scenes, just finding that place. And I think that's where a lot of us who want to plan our retreats, we have our content. We feel like we have our people, we have our passion. We know what we want to do, but the part we don't want to do is all the phone calls, all the leg work, all the negotiating that's hard. And that brings me to my next point, Angie, because my next yeah. point is hire somebody for the things that you can't or shouldn't do yourself. Um, if you are running a business full time and you want to do a retreat to grow your business or just because you have people asking for it, then you probably don't have time to build a retreat from the ground up and figure all this stuff out yourself. So, you know, you should probably hire an assistant. And that assistant can do a lot of different things um, from the planning and the legwork, marketing. You could hire somebody to design your website. Somebody should be a copywriter for your website. Um, all these things are really essential. And then on the actual retreat to hire an assistant, whether it's the same person from before or somebody new to be there um, with you on the retreat so that all your participants know who to go to if there's an issue because you don't want somebody coming complaining to you about an issue with their room when you're trying to focus on you know the content you're delivering and you know all of that so um, I think that that's really important and also something you need to factor into your costs is all the costs of you know, all the people you're going to have to hire to help you if that's going to be the case. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting because the gentleman that I talked to last week who does the retreat for mental health organizations, that was what he mentioned. He said, look, I don't want to deal with somebody complaining that the room is too cold or that um, whatever it might be. They don't like the food. He's like, so when I hosted for this organization, they bring a retreat organizer with me. They bring like a tech person, blah, blah, blah. That person who covers all the details. And that's, Lauren, what your role is. Like you cover the details so that I would say at the beginning, okay, if there's an issue with X, Y, Z, Talk to Lauren, if you have a question about my content, let you and I have a discussion and then, you know, maybe we do some one-on-one -on -one coaching, that type of thing. So, um, exactly. yeah, I like that. Hire 
for things that you can't or shouldn't do yourself. I think we all have to know where our lane is. And then we have to know where we don't want our lane to be. Like, even if I could drive in that lane, I don't want to drive over there. Right. That's not my passion. Right. I mean, I mean, you can probably muddle through and create your own website using some of the tools that are out there, but yeah, is it going to be the caliber that you want to really show off your amazing wellness retreat? Because obviously one of the biggest incentives for people to buy into your retreat is going and looking at these wonderful pictures and the amazing views and the, you know, reading testimonials. And we'll get into that in a minute, but um, you really want to be able to sell yourself well. So you need to invest ahead of time in order for you to get the, uh, the payout at the end. And, you know, that makes me think of something too, Lauren, is a lot of people, and, and this is something you and I didn't talk about. Well, we we are going to kind of talk about this, but <clears throat> I have a couple of friends who are travel writers. And I always say that when I'm ready to, to retire, that's what I want to do. I want to be a travel writer for like AARP. <laughs> so if they're listening, I hope they're like, oh, then Angie Miller, let's do it. Um, so... But a lot of that, they they have a film crew, right? There's a film crew that comes along and they they take pictures of the of what you're writing about and it brings it all to life. And so you're right. It it is about, and I know I'm I'm stealing your next point. So I'm not gonna say it. I'm gonna let you say it. Um because those pictures are gonna do what, right? I'll let you go. <laughs> yeah. So last point is to use your wellness retreat um as an opportunity to create more opportunity. So um, throughout the retreat, take amazing pictures or have your assistant take amazing pictures, ask for your retreat participants to send, you know, send in their amazing pictures. And on the last day, interview the people on video that you think are going to give the most glowing reviews of your retreat so that you can now use all that footage and all those pictures to promote your next wellness retreat and, or just in general to promote, you know, you as an expert in your field. Um, it's great content for your website, even if you don't want to do another one. Um, hopefully it would go well enough that you would. And so you can also on that last day, let's say you don't want to plan another retreat, but you really have people who are very excited about what they just learned. And they're really on a high from your retreat. Now you can offer a special deal for anybody on that retreat that they have to sign up, you know, by the last day or, or whatever the deal is, whether that's a year of yoga classes with you at a 50% discount, whether that's six months of one-on-one -on -one coaching at a steep discount, whatever it is, it's a way for you to use this opportunity and this amazing experience to create more opportunity for your business. And remember, they're here for you. They could go to this place by themselves. They came on your retreat because of you. And so they obviously wanted to learn from you and, you know, it's not salesy to offer something for them to continue learning from you. Mm -hmm. oh, I love that. That that's probably my favorite part. That's probably my favorite takeaway is yeah. Anybody can go to Bali if that's where they want to go, but they are going to Bali with you. Anyone can go to any destination if that's where they want to go, but they're choosing to go with you and you're right. I don't think it's salesy. And I think that's been a hard thing for me throughout my journey in health and wellness and fitness and psychotherapy is to say, hey, I'm not selling. I have a gift and I want to share my gift with others. As do all of you who are listening. Every one of us has a gift. 
And it's a gift that we should share with others because there's a reason people come to us and there's a reason, you know, Lauren's gift is the planning and the organizing and, and my gift is in what I can offer at the retreat. And the same with all of you is we all have this special, unique gift and we all can offer it differently. And yeah, we could say, Hey, the space is kind of crowded right now. And you know what it is. And yet you have people who follow you and yet you have people who want to work with you. And so I like what Lauren is saying is that you have to, I think that it's almost due diligence to be able to say at the end, I have more, I want to give you, let's continue this journey. Because I have to tell you, every time I've ever gone on a retreat, when I come home, I have a bit of a letdown. I, yes, I feel absolutely. a bit of like a sadness, like I wanted to go on. And if there was more takeaways for me to continue my journey, I would feel so much better to stay connected to that environment, right? Yes, absolutely. And I think that's why a lot of people also create private Facebook, you know, groups or pages for their participants so that they can continue talking about their experience long after it's over. Um, but I think, yeah, for sure. If you come home and you think it's not really over because I get to meet with Angie next week for my one-on-one -on -one coaching session. Yeah. That's a great takeaway. Yeah. Okay. You guys, so I have a personal story to tell you. So I sent my husband on a retreat. We're not going to talk about what kind of retreat it is. The man is not a retreat guy. Okay. We're not going to go into great details. Send him on this big old retreat cost us a fortune, but I was like, you really need to go on this. You need to dig deep into who you are, blah, blah, blah. He goes away. It's a great retreat. His buy-in is huge. Right. And, and he has, he comes away with a lot, but here's the deal. And, and I, I warned him about this. I said, look, when you come back and you integrate back into real, the real world, you're either going to use it or lose it. If you don't use it right away, if you don't take them up on these opportunities to stay connected, you're going to lose it. It's not going to stay with you. It's not going to stay fresh. He comes home with this huge binder. And let me tell you how many times he's looked at it. Zero. So again, I think that having a follow-up, having this, be, this ability to connect with you, the expert, the person out there who's offering the retreat is huge because that will keep people accountable and it will give them long lasting results from the retreat versus just, I've got this binder. I've never touched it. It was great, but mm, time fades. What do you think, Lauren? Absolutely. I, I know on um, the Bali retreat I went on, it was fantastic content, you know, sort of about pinning down your goals for the future and, and figuring out where to go next. And it's a great start. But that's not something you can resolve in a week, right? So you need to keep building on that. You need to take steps to keep going. So I think that uh, that's really great advice. Yeah, definitely. So Lauren, um, again, I'm talking to Lauren. She's not just my book club friend, <laughs> but she's that too. Lauren works for EY and she's assistant director of communications for EY and her side hustle is planning wellness retreats. And Lauren is currently helping me plan my wellness retreat, which will be live, not virtual. And once again, you know, before we go, Lauren, I just want to ask you, is there any last thing you want to share before we head out? And, you know, people will be able to get a hold of us if they have any questions, but is there any last thing you want to share? I think I would um, maybe just reiterate, go on a retreat. If you haven't been along on one, I think you'll learn a lot, but make sure you pick the right one, you know, the right fit for you. And um, if it's something that you really want to do, 
don't feel like pressured that you have to do it right now. Spend the time to really invest in learning how to do this right. And, and like we said, hire the right people to help you along the way. And, you know, I feel confident anybody can host a great retreat if you have enough due diligence and enough time put behind it. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know what, thanks to our NASM and AFA family. Thanks to all of you who have joined us. Thank you for listening, for weighing in, for giving me your feedback. Definitely email me if you have any questions, any um, anything you want to know more about wellness retreats, or just if you have a thought about a future episode or someone you'd like me to have on as a guest. But Lauren, thank you so much for being a friend, a great retreat planner, and for coming on the show. And thanks to all of you for listening. We'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.